Welcome to a nonfiction story cast about people in Seattle who built churches and how they did it. I'm Cindy Safranoff. I'm the author, and this is Dedication, building the Seattle branches of Mary Baker Eddy's church, a centennial story. Episode 4, Structure of Truth and Love. When Julia Field King cheerfully reported to her leader in 1891 that her students in Seattle had no formal organization, it was during a brief period in the development of Mary Baker Eddy's movement when there was little formal organization even in Boston. Reverend Eddy had dissolved it. After many years of trial, Eddie unincorporated her Boston church, disorganized her student association, and closed her highly successful Massachusetts Metaphysical College, the spiritual education institution that had trained hundreds of Christian science practitioners and teachers like Julia Field King. Perhaps in trying to interpret Eddie's actions, Field King saw lack of organization as a sign of progress. But because of the informality in Seattle, unfortunately, if there were any regular activities after Field King left the city, the organizers, or non-organizers, apparently did not leave any record of them. It might have been a question among Field King's early students, and all early readers of Mary Baker Eddy's book, whether it was even right to form legal organizations or build church edifices. For many people associated with Christian science, it was, first and foremost, a healing system. Furthermore, in the first edition of the Christian Science Textbook, published in 1875, Eddie had written, We have no need of creeds and church organizations to sustain or explain a demonstrable platform that defines itself in healing the sick and casting out error. The mistake the disciples of Jesus made to found religious organizations and church rites, if indeed they did this, was one the Master did not make. Christ's church was truth. Is there any higher Christianity than this? No time was lost by our master in organizations, rites, and ceremonies, or in proselyting for certain forms of belief. A magnificent edifice was not the sign of Christ's church. Eddie later removed this statement from her textbook and added a new definition of church. Church, the structure of truth and love, whatever rests upon and proceeds from divine principle. The church is that institution which affords proof of its utility and is found elevating the race, rousing the dormant understanding from material beliefs to the apprehension of spiritual ideas and the demonstration of divine science thereby casting out devils, or error, and healing the sick. Even this new way of thinking about church might lead a reader to conclude that Christian scientists would not, or should not, 
create formal organizations, or build church edifices. Yet even as she was trying to get her first edition published, Eddie envisioned someday having a church of her own, with its own building. On July 4, 1876, a small group of her students formed an association. A few years later, on April 12, 1879, under Eddie's leadership, the Christian Scientist Association organized the First Church of Christ Scientist in Boston. It was a very small group with a very big mission. First and foremost, focused on the healing practice, the church was designed to commemorate the word and works of our Master, which should reinstate primitive Christianity and its lost element of healing. The idea of building a church edifice in Boston had appeared in the Christian Science Journal as early as 1885. The question is often asked, is it true that the interest of Christian science is gaining ground in the minds of the people? The great call for the books, the magazine, and our crowded Sunday services are sufficient testimony that it is. Our teacher is constantly receiving letters proclaiming the good work that science and health is accomplishing. We are already obliged to have a larger hall for our Sunday services, and we hope soon to have a church building of our own. The message from church leadership in the late 1880s was consistent. Yes, there would be Christian science church edifices and Reverend Eddie wanted one built in Boston. Initially, the members approached the building project in a fairly conventional way. They did a few fundraisers, made many appeals for donations, sometimes apparently trying to overcome a hesitancy to contribute, like this statement from an 1887 article. Let no one say, as an excuse for not giving, that this is a material work, and that Christian scientists do not need a church building. Those who offer that as an excuse for not giving have not yet attained the understanding of their position in mind, whereby they can do without houses, raiment, and food. Mary Baker Eddy's church was growing, the movement expanding. But Eddy's Boston church revealed organizational dysfunctions. There were factions and divisions within the ranks of her students, even rebellions resulting in scandals, lawsuits, and public disagreements that challenged Eddie's leadership. Some of these dramas made it into the newspapers across the continent in remote Seattle. All the conflict and turmoil was making it difficult to keep the organization going at all, let alone continue or even accelerate its growth. Eddie wanted to maintain a sense of unity and keep the focus on healing. She wrote to her followers, O Christian scientist, thou of the church of the newborn, awake to a higher and holier love for God and man. Put on the whole armor of truth. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation that ye may go to the bed of anguish and look upon this dream of life and matter, girt 
with a higher sense of omnipotence and behold once again the power of divine life and love to heal and reinstate man in God's own image and likeness, having one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Eddie needed a better system for authorizing teachers and practitioners and a firmer foundation for her whole organization. By 1892, she started reorganizing. This time, she started with her church. Her reorganized church was better designed to be built on the rock, Christ. Previously, in 1886, while Eddie's Boston students were making their initial fundraising appeals for building funds, a small Christian science church in the Midwest built and dedicated a church in Oconto, Wisconsin, independently, quietly, and quickly. Oconto was growing in population, but compared to Boston or even Seattle, it was a very small town. Oconto was, however, home to a small but significant group of Christian scientists, including several women who had taken a class taught by Eddie in 1884. They had experienced healing themselves, had been successful in healing others, and now they were dedicated to Christian science. There was enough uncertainty surrounding the idea of church buildings for Christian science that the Oconto group felt a need to ask permission from Eddie, who gave it. The congregation built a wood frame chapel on the corner of Main Street and Chicago Street for $1,137. The group held their first church service in their new edifice on the last Sunday in October. The timing coincided with both Reformation Sunday, a holiday that long held great significance for Christianity as the anniversary of Martin Luther's movement-launching protest, and also the anniversary of the publishing of the first edition of Mary Baker Eddy's reforming book, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. A visitor to the Oconto Church reported in the Christian Science Journal, the church, with its complete furnishing, stands as a monument of the unity and faithfulness of the members. It is a reminder of the fulfillment of the promises of God to those who ask in trust. Later, Reverend Eddy wrote to the Oconto Church, Guided by the pillar and the cloud, this little church that built the first temple for Christian science worship shall abide steadfastly in the faith of Jesus' words. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Science and health readers may not have realized it at the time, but with the building of the first branch of Mary Baker Eddy's church, this movement, dedicated to the practice of Christian healing, was beginning an era of church building. Articles about construction projects in the Christian science periodicals began appearing with increasing frequency and with increasing meaning attached. As one author stated in an article about the March 1892 dedication of a new Christian science hall in Scranton, Pennsylvania, 
The erection of a hall is a proclamation that Christian science has come to stay. Commenting on the new chapels and churches that were dotting the entire land, Eddie wrote, The outlook is cheering. Now it was Boston's turn. With the announcement of an official building fund, the message to the field became more focused and serious. A proposed design with floor plans and an artist's rendition of the final building was published in the March 1892 edition of the journal. Lists of donors and their contributions were published in regular treasurer's reports. In this period, financial supporters were typically of very modest means, coming, as they so often were, from the ranks of people who had been struggling with chronic illnesses for years. The sacrifice behind many of these contributions is exemplified by this letter to the journal. While reading the definition of church in Science and Health, the thought occurred to me that every true Christian scientist should add something to the building fund for the proposed church in Boston. The question then arose, have I anything to give? The answer came back, you can give up tea and coffee and some articles which seemed very necessary for winter. I accepted the proposition and forward five dollars hoping that it is sent in a spirit of love and will increase tenfold. Among the early donors was a contribution for $10 from CS students from Seattle, Washington. They were starting to take action together. With the February 1893 issue of the journal, for the first time, the group started advertising regular church services. They held one weekly meeting a Sunday service at 11 a.m. at 1111 Third Avenue, the downtown boarding house where Julia Field King had lived. The Seattle congregation was among the first 200 Christian Science Church groups anywhere. It was one of only about a dozen in the western states. There is no record of exactly what they did at their regular Sunday services. They like all other new congregations, were learning, along with Mary Baker Eddy, how to run a Christian science church. But the message was becoming clear. Yes, there would be a Christian science church. In Seattle, they may have already begun discussing the idea that one day they would have a church edifice of their own. Christian science had come to stay. Thanks for listening to Dedication by me, Cindy Safranoff. All events and characters in this story are as true and accurate as the available sources. All opinions are mine. To support and learn more about this groundbreaking research project and read my writing, visit cindysafranoff.com.